Hello and welcome to Time Out with Tammy and Tyler. I'm Tammy. And I'm Tyler. And we're here to explore how people evolve from early career higher education HR professionals to leaders like VPs and Chief Human Resource Officers. So what we really want is to learn more about how some of these really amazing people got to where they are and what their perspective is on some hot HR topics and issues. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to our fifth episode, big number five here today, guys. Our very special guest today is Clarity White, Human Resources Supervisor at UC Berkeley. She's also the chair-elect of the Coupa HR Western Region Board. Shout out to the Western Region. Clarity also is a graduate of the 2016-17 Wildfire Program. Welcome, Clarity. Hi there. Thank you. Clarity, thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with us this afternoon. Um, Tyler and I first met you, I think, at the ALP Association Leadership Program in Tampa during our own wildfire year, um, which uh, was a bit of a blur, but <laughs> a good blur. <laughs> and <laughs> so we thought it would be kind of fun to um, do a little bit of a different episode and talk to someone who kind of graduated from the wildfire program a few years ago and to see how things have evolved since then. So Tyler's going to kick us off with some questions and um, yeah, thanks for being here. So Clarity, mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of kick off the questions, can you tell us a little bit about your pre-wildfire career journey? You want to get a little backstory and how wildfire helped you kind of step up in your HR game? I didn't know what I wanted to do when I started out in college. I wound up settling on studying business, thinking I would learn management skills and still keep, um, quote unquote, all industries open or something like that, right? Um, I didn't necessarily love business school um, and found that I really enjoyed uh, the language classes that I also was taking. So I wound up um, doing a lot more language classes than I originally planned and wound up double majoring. And I, I, I've said before, the study of language got me through business school because it wasn't like my heart was in business school. But that said, also, it was a management focus. And so I had to take classes in all the different areas. Um, I did eventually um, settle, of course, on human resources, bouncing around first of like marketing, accounting, um, really not even realizing at the onset that HR was something I could study. Um, and so I also did several study abroad trips um, throughout my undergrad, and then subsequently, I direct enrolled in a master's of human resources in the Netherlands. After college, I was pretty impatient about getting a job, right? I had, I newly was finished with this master's in human resources, and I was ready to work. Um, I was applying for HR jobs, but I really clearly fell into the category of being overeducated and underexperienced. Um, and as you know, entry-level HR jobs do not require a master's degree. So I was just probably getting overlooked. Um, and I will admit that I also was somewhat impatient about the job search. So I didn't give it a lot of time. Um, but I wound up taking the first opportunity that came along, which was a study abroad advisor back at the university where I had done my undergrad. So that actually wound up establishing my trajectory somewhat within higher ed. Um, and then I held a wide variety of different roles, um, ranging from registrar's office, payroll, uh, scholarship's office, international education, and uh, business school and humanities, right? And, and this was actually 
over, you know, 10 to 15 years at a few different state schools around the West. Um, at one point, I was actually offered the opportunity to move into a business manager role that was a business manager of an academic unit. Um, and so that helped me uh, a couple years in that role. It helped me kind of get my toehold on the HR duties that I had and, and sort of expand from there and sell myself in the process of looking for another role. Um, I also wound up doing a lot of soul searching, to be honest, in that job. Um, there were aspects of it that I liked, aspects of it that I didn't like. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, like really thinking about what that was. Instead of just being dissatisfied in work, I tried to, you know, like dig in and unpack what specific things it was. And um, so as time went on, like this perfect job for me showed up, um, which was really one of the favorite jobs I've had. It was an HR coordinator within the humanities in a school that hosted all the language and culture departments. So it was the first job that I had that was like, quote unquote, purely HR, even though it was still in academic units. So, but it was like an embedded HR person. I would say that's when um, Coupa HR came into the picture for me. Um, it was around that time that I became aware of the association, started utilizing their website. Um, and I guess at some point, I don't know if it was that I got an email about Wildfire or if I just stumbled upon it on the website. Um, but from my own perspective, it was exactly what I needed. I, I felt at the time I had a good amount of higher ed uh, experience. I was familiar with that industry and what it meant and how to get along working uh, in the culture of higher ed institutions. Um, and I knew from study uh, HR, but I definitely had gaps in my um, skills or my um, like my actual working knowledge and experience. So I needed something that would help me come up to speed on the HR side. Uh, so being selected for Wildfire, it provided me that. Um, it, I wound up having a close-knit circle of peers in, in my cohort. Um, it also was a national network of other professional contacts. And I walked away with a real genuine sense of belonging. Um, and that then translated into a commitment to my profession. Wow, that is so great. You know, I love like your story because everything really does happen for a reason. So um, how <laughs> have things changed for you since your participation? And you kind of got into that a little bit, but I guess in terms of not only your career, but also your involvement with the Western Region Board? I guess the emphasis for me would be on the growth related to HR skill set. So that's sort of where I was leaving off, right? That I felt for me, I had higher ed. I understood that. Um, but I needed more exposure to the breadth and depth of HR, right? Since I had been embedded in academic units, like there was only so much of the full picture that I was touching because I would then, you know, pass things, if you will, to the central HR office. Um, I would argue that for some people in wildfire um, or just, you know, some people in Coupa HR, like it might be the opposite experience where they come to the association with a depth of uh, HR experience, but they're adjusting to the industry. Um, so for me, I, I wound up applying to the board um, out of the, the motivation to stay involved and engaged with uh, the association uh, after, just, you know, even after the wildfire year was going to end. So we did wind up moving, and I'm now working at University of California, Berkeley, um, and then looking at career since, again, since after wildfire, 
Um, I came to Berkeley and of course it's a really big institution and there are probably literally hundreds of people touching HR work. Um, and so I started out as a HR business partner in a generalist role. Um, and for me, this is actually the first time I had been working internally in an HR department. So for me, I was really adjusting to being in that, it, like inside HR and in the full spectrum, if you will, um, and also adjusting to differences in being in the state of California, different labor regulations, lots of unions. Um, so post-Wildfire, I would say the core thing for me was gaining confidence um, in the career pathway, right? Even though I was landing in a totally different environment, I wasn't doubting that I wanted to be doing HR, right? So the, the, um, the experience through Wildfire just really cemented that for me, that I felt confident that this was the uh, trajectory I wanted to be on. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I identify a little bit with that too. Um, you know, I had already made my way into higher ed, um, but was just kind of not feeling super confident about um, where my skills were when I found Wildfire. It just kind of came along at the right time. And almost uh -huh. like you, I, I don't even know how I found it or how it came to be. Mm -hmm. I just found the wildfire application, didn't even know the organization, um, and applied for it and, and was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And, um, you know, we were chatting earlier and, and I mentioned that I also joined the um, Eastern Region Board or the, I'm sorry, the Southern New England chapter um, here because I was feeling, you know, kind of disconnected from wildfire after having been through the program and really wanting to stay um, connected with those folks. So that's been really great for me too. And, and I can understand, um, you know, why people want to give back in that type of service. One of the things that I did when we thought about having you on as a guest is I kind of went and looked back at the materials that Coupa had on their website. And um, I remember just briefly reading through um, maybe an article or something that featured um, your time in the wildfire program. And you were talking about this sort of internal struggle early on in your career with the work of HR in terms of the balance between sort of being an advocate for employees, which is what the feel good work is. And then, you know, kind of being the compliance police for an employer. Um, and I think that's a struggle that we all have. Um, at least I hope people are having that struggle. Um, can you just share a little bit about what that was like for you, how it's evolved? And, you know, if you've found that magical balance, can you teach us your secrets? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess what I'll say in thinking about that is that there's a lot that I know now that I didn't know then. When I had those ideas, granted, that was actually before I was doing HR work. That was more from a point of my educational experience. And it was trying to translate all the things that were really engaging to me in HR as a field of study to what would the reality look like of the day-to-day -day HR work. Like there may be a bad day or a bad uh, case or whatnot, but you, you get all, such a wide variety of experiences over time that it, it winds up balancing itself and hopefully balancing more to the positive than to the negative. It's not just advocates or compliance there's these other areas that I can fit in, right? So I find that I'm more often somewhere in the middle. Um, at one point I, I like came up with, or at least I thought I came up with the term of a gray navigator. Um, Cause I feel like that's oh, I love that. so much. It's, 
Yeah, like we're in the gray. We're solidly in the gray for most of the day. Like it's less common to have something that's clearly this or clearly that, right? Thank you for sharing that. Wonderful. Well, we're coming to an end here of this uh, episode of our podcast, but we like to ask all of our guests at the end of the episode um, on a bit of a lighter note, would you share something with our listeners, a fun fact, a hobby, a personal interest, just something not HR related to demystify a little bit. I think people just picture us as robots in an office somewhere sometimes and we're real people. So (laughs) anything that shows that. I had thought I would just share with everyone that, I picked up reading, like I've always enjoyed reading, um, but in 2019, I set it as a New Year's resolution, which I typically don't do New Year's resolutions, but I was like, I want to read more, so I'm going to make a New Year's resolution, and I'm going to read, give myself a modest, conservative, achievable goal of 10 to 12 books in 2019, and I wound up reading 50. Whoa. So Whoa. a lot of that, yeah, yeah. So that was a combination of reading books on paper, but also audiobooks because I do have a hefty commute in California. Um, but yeah, so now I'm like on a roll and I'm just keep going. I'm planning to do another year of 50 books. I think I've read about 10 already this year. So I'm well, I'm well on. Target. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing I really, if I can share two personal things, <laughs> I Yes, also please. Wanted to share that um, I have a hobby of doing uh, training capoeira, and not everybody knows what capoeira is, but it's uh, Afro-Brazilian martial art, um, and <laughs> it's been referred to as dance fighting, like on, you know, sometimes people have heard of that, so it's like dance-ish, it's flowy, it's martial arts, it's got acrobatics, but then also in addition to that physical aspect, you're learning some Portuguese language, you're learning to play the instruments that they have, um, and learning to sing along the songs, they do this call and chant thing, and also of course the culture of Capoeira and Brazil. Um, And what came to mind for me in talking about striking balance was, so one of the Capoeira songs has a line in it that's balanza my now kai, which is, so the Capoeirista shakes but doesn't fall. And I felt like Ooh. that was a relatable example of how this hobby, um, some people call it like Capoeira is life. And, and that speaks mm. to me because um, Capoeira can apply to all the different aspects of your life. And there's times when I might be at class and the maestre, the teacher may say something about a specific exercise or give instructions. And it just like, just parts the sky for me, so to speak, on Mm. like something that might have been at work or it might be in my personal life. And yet it was simply like an instruction about how to play the game, which is also interesting because capoeira is played, not fighted right it's not fighting it's playing so um but I just think it's really cool that even though it's my hobby and it's a physical activity it also can like really open my mind to a different way of thinking about things thank you so much for joining us today it really has been a pleasure speaking with you and we appreciate your time Um, and I'm sure that our listeners gleaned at least oh actually a lot of knowledge and insight so thank you so much